the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, it's the Michelle Tafoya Podcast. Jenny Holland, it's great to have you. I am a fan of your work, and it's interesting. You're living over there in Ireland with your son. Yes. You're an American also. Uh, yes. you, you, I'm, I'm guessing you have dual citizenship, yeah? I do. I do, so which is fantastic. Yeah, it is. And your perspective is really interesting. And, and the stuff you write, it's, it, it, it demonstrates that. All right, so let me read a couple lines at the beginning of your, your piece in praise of ordinary men. You said, a few weeks ago, I was scrolling mindlessly on Instagram, my number one favorite way to relax, when I came upon the following quote. De Boivier told us the reason women can't see our oppression is because unlike other minority groups, we live lives entirely entwined with our oppressors and it all seems normal. I save the post because it is such a perfect summation of why I am not, nor ever really have been, a feminist. What, explain that. What do you mean? Um, I think feminism uh, appeals to uh, young women in particular, because I think every human, men and women alike, go through that, that youthful uh, phase of lack of wisdom and lack of understanding of human nature and human behavior and your own behavior. Um, and I think feminism does that, but also then adds this idea that women are, are perpetual victims. And that's never, ever been my reality. From the minute and hour I, I can remember... Um, the men in my family and the men in my life were just, not, they just weren't oppressors. And I would look around me and I didn't really see any oppressors either. Now that's not to deny the very real uh, history of violence. And I, I say that in that piece. And my, my father, who was a, a quite a well-known Irish writer, he actually wrote a book, literally wrote the book on misogyny. And, and I've read it. It's a fantastic book. It's not that misogyny doesn't exist. It's that to flatten it all out and to say that men are the oppressors and women are the oppressed and specifically women are oppressed because of our bodies and our biologies just doesn't reflect reality. I think human relationships, especially the interdependency between a man and a woman is so much more complex than that. And there's moments where a man will be more powerful and there's moments when a woman will be more powerful. That's always been my experience. I think women have a set of tools that render men quite helpless. And I'm not talking about like, you know, sexy times. I'm, I'm talking about we have emotional arsenal that men really can't fight back against the majority of times. And they, I just, maybe it's just I grew up with a lot of real powerful and ball-busting women, but, which is definitely possible. I mean, that, that was yeah. my reality. Um, but even in my mom's family, my mother is one of seven girls and three boys. And their father was extremely devout Catholic. He would what we, we would call now a trad Catholic. Um, you know, they 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 lived in accordance to the sort of doctrine of holy poverty. And he was very like if, if there was ever a patriarch, it would have been my grandfather. And yet he was completely run roughshod by the over by the fact that he had seven daughters who 
you know, grew up in the sixties <laughs> and everyone turned into a hippie and no, everyone stopped going to church. And I mean, they're just, it just is not as simple as saying that women's women's bodies and women have been only oppressed. Men have also been oppressed. Men's mm-hmm. men's bodies have also been co-opted. Men's bodies have been brutalized. Men's bodies have been abused and enslaved for sexual reasons and for labor, mostly for labor. And we just completely write that off and pretend like it never happened. It's funny because I recently, and I've always been an atheist, my whole life I've been an atheist, but I recently started reading a little bit of the Bible and I never, it had never struck me before, but when Eve eats the fruit and God says that you, your, your punishment will be labor pains, that's always referenced, right, by the inherent, you know, as an example of the inherent misogyny of, of right. religion. Um, but what does he say to Adam? Your punishment is you will toil in the fields. You know, men, men and women have, have been working and, and suffering in tandem, hand in hand throughout humanity. It's it's it, yeah. to say to say that it's it's only women and women are have a particularly hard time. I just don't think it's entirely fair. We have a hard time in very unique ways that men don't experience, but men also suffer, and they also suffer yeah. great injustice. And and what do you men suffer great injustice? Yeah, yes, they they have. What I mean, do you, yeah. What do you sp- Go ahead. What are you specifically well, referring to? I think that, and this goes back to the sort of our, our social justice warrior um, takeover of dominant culture. Uh, we forget that um, men have been uh, used as cannon fodder. Men have been used as, you know, indentured servitude and backbreaking labor. And that all of our creature comforts that we all enjoy now rest literally on the labor of men. And a few years ago, if you're going back, you might remember during Me Too and just before Me Too, there was a lot of this stuff about women's emotional labor and how suddenly we're supposed to be paid or or somehow compensated for our, having to explain things to men. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I get that. I, I've done that many times. I understand that's frustrating. But I'd rather have emotional labor than breaking rocks or you know laying a rail, r- railroad track. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You brought up labor pains for women. And I read recently that there is this effort to grow babies in plastic bags, essentially that I think it was done with a sheep or a lamb that they managed to put an embryo in a, I say plastic bag, you get the idea in some sort of uh, replacement for a, for a uterus. And, and, and young ladies were asked, young women, God, hope I didn't offend anyone by saying ladies, (laughs) young women were asked about this what, what they thought of it. And, and some young women said, finally, we'll be equal to men. We don't have to 
give birth. To me, that's so, first of all, you're avoiding pain uh, in one of the most unbelievable acts that a woman can perform, that a human can that perform. Human, yeah. yeah. And you're doing this to level the playing field. I mean, this is what, this is part of what nature determined women can do <laughs> and women have the honor and the privilege of doing, I, you mm. know, I, I, I've given birth, you've given birth. I wouldn't say it was easy, but I certainly wouldn't trade it for anything. What, what do you make of this idea that, that, that people want such, it's almost as though they want to erase any differences between men and women. Right, right. Um, it, it's, it's the, the idea itself is so dystopian and horrifying. Um, and that, so that's one thing it, it truly is stuff, the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. What's, what's demoralizing is that we have somehow raised a generation of young women to think that that's a good thing and yeah. not a huge threat to humankind, but first and foremost us. Um, because I think let's just say culture, let's not blame anyone for this, but what culture seems to have done is it's, t it's taken this idea that, you know, you know, women weren't allowed to vote and we weren't allowed to have property and we weren't allowed to get divorced and all these genuine injustices. Right. Um, and they've built this uh, narrative on top of that, which is women are chattel, chattel. And we, we, we will, because of our role as wives and mothers, those, th those were, the centers of our oppression. We need to throw that away so that we can be liberated to go work in a corporate job. Okay, whatever. Obviously that makes no sense, but um, that seems to have really taken root. That idea seems to have really taken root and nothing wrong with working in working. <laughs> Trust me, it's great. I loved it. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a wonderful thing to do. Um, yes. But this idea that women's biology is oppressive is uh, not just incorrect, it's misogyny in it's, it's, it is misogynistic. Somehow women have, have, we've allowed ourselves to be told that, you know, what is actually our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. It's like this crazy mind trick that's been played on an entire generation, if not two of women. Um, we've also taken away the sense of any kind of traditional parenting um, any yeah. kind of like common sense parenting so that women, young women and, and girls even are the, given this idea that being a mother is just so hard and you have to give up everything about your life and everything about yourself and in service to this horrible old tyrant that just like makes noise all the time and never is grateful. And I always think it's like the same if you, if you constantly have problems with men and if you constantly have problems with your children, maybe you need to like, you know, check some attitudes and lay down the law. <laughs> you know, yeah. we have it the might not be them. It might not be them. Uh, and especially with ch children, um, you know, children are so fun. They're fantastic. They're amazing. They're fascinating. Um, but if they're behaving like little jerks, you know, you, you have it in your power to correct that behavior. Um, yeah. Suddenly, like American society, almost as a whole, and I'm, obviously I'm generalizing here, but it's, it's definitely reflected in films and television shows of like these like perplexed parents who don't know how to do anything. Um, I think it's actually extremely damaging. And I agree. People will think I'm being hyperbolic. I'm exaggerating. I'm saying this for effect. But I genuinely believe that that lack of parental authority, that loss of parental authority and parental wisdom is directly, directly 
has directly led us to where we are now, where almost all of our institutions, if not all of our institutions, at least from the outside, look extremely corrupt, look extremely incompetent, and society seems to be falling apart at the seams. And I really think you can trace that back to the loss of parental, like common sense, parental authority in the home. That's a really interesting, a really interesting notion. It, it um, I, I, there was another woman in somewhere in the UK who wrote a piece about child led um, parenting. In other words, the parents let the child lead and she tried it for a little while and she realized, wow, this isn't working very well. I mean, <laughs> It's as it's, you know, if you let the child lead, the child's brain is not developed. We have, and we have so many contradictions. We have so many contradictions about a a child and his or her brain. First of all, we think the child is, knows if it's transsexual as a toddler. I don't know how we can, so that's nonsense. No, and it is. And, and okay. So let's drill down on that for a minute, because this is a, a phenomenon that's really exploding here in the post COVID lockdown era that we, that this whole notion of transgenderism has suddenly exploded. Now you, you, if you're a transgender, that's fine, live your life. But how do we explain this sudden, just exponential growth of the, of trans youth? And I don't know, you know, certainly in America, I don't know if you see it worldwide, but how would you explain it? Um, well, lockdowns were a key factor, but I think it's really important to say, first of all, that the, the, that we we're we're all throwing you know we're all throwing about this term transgender as if it's a if it's one thing. It's it's the same as like being gay, being sexually oriented towards the same sex. But transgender is not one type. It's not one thing. Um, it's an umbrella term that encompasses you know ten year old girls, eleven, twelve year old girls. It encompasses you know, younger boys, six, seven, eight, who maybe are quite feminine and probably grow up to be gay. Um, And it encompasses grown ass men uh, who married and had children and suddenly in middle age decide that they're women. I don't see what a man in his fifties who decides that he wants to become a woman has in common with an 11 year old girl or a 12 year old girl who may, may or may not be on the spectrum, who is terrified of the physical changes that her body is going through as a result Mm -hmm. of puberty. Those two people have nothing in common as far as I'm concerned, but we've been sold this idea that it's all one thing and we have to be completely accepting of it because it's better to let a 12 year old or a 13 or 14, 15, 16 year old girl cut off her breasts and boys do even worse things. Uh, So it's better to do that than, than risk, um, not accepting or not validating someone's idea of themselves. Um, I mean, again, lack of common sense. I mean, there's a great um, Instagram uh, Instagrammer called Becky Weiss, and she's a single mom and a lesbian, and she's a a fitness, like a personal trainer. And she did this great reel where she was just like, "Okay, you know what you say? You say no. You just say no. If your child comes to you at ten years old and says this thing, I think I need to take this course. You just say no. Uh, That is not. You're not doing that." I think one of the reasons we see a lot of young, uh, like teenagers and younger kids adopting this ideology is because during lockdown, everyone was online all the time. And this is an online driven phenomenon, not so much with the elder, like the older men, although that too um, is driven by um, online subcultures, which don't want to get into because they're so grotesque. 
Um, but they're dark, you know, they're dark, but with kids, you know, these kids have become accustomed to living entirely online. And I think they and their families lost touch with reality a little bit. Um, sorry, that's my Don't dog. worry. Um, yeah, we, we get this all the time. And we, we, we love hearing from the other voices. Are you losing your hair? Is it thinning? Are you worried? Does it run in the family? Look, don't think you're alone because there are millions of American men and women who are right in the same ballpark as you are. But finally, there's a real solution that delivers on what it promises without chemicals, without harsh side effects, without unpleasant smells. And it's called Provia. And it's brought to us by the good folks at, that develop GenuCell skincare, which I used uh, religiously. Provia uses a safe, natural ingredient, Procapil, to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning and loss by supporting healthy scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and healthy hair follicle anchoring to your scalp. Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the drain or in your comb. Now, this is effective for men and women of any age. Uh, it's safe on colored hair, styled hair, treated hair. It's really that simple. And right now, new customers save over 50% off Provia's introductory package on ProviaHair.com, P-R-O-V-I-A Hair.com slash Michelle. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use, plus Provia 30 Super Concentrate for faster, more noticeable results. Provia works, guaranteed, or 100% of your money back. I mean, it's that simple. So get results for yourself right now. See what it can do for you. Don't wait. ProviaHair.com slash Michelle, P-R-O-V-I-A Hair.com slash Michelle with one L, ProviaHair.com slash Michelle. Yeah, kids are living yes. online, um, and I know, yeah, kids are living online, and there was a lot of loneliness and fear in the, in the ether because of lockdowns and... Um, uh, kids are impressionable. Kids are very impressionable and vulnerable to um, adults and other older kids who are presenting themselves as these cool, um, cool people who have, have all these like friends and and ever and because also I think kids are being taught in school they're taught too much about emotions and about feelings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so having your feelings validated all of a sudden is the most important thing in the world, where it's really not. No. <laughs> and that's not a very good lesson to teach children. Um, but that's a very prevalent um, idea on Instagram. And I think it's also coming in from the wider culture and from education systems as well. Um, and it's a no terrible, question. Ter terrible idea. It, it is. And it's, it's, this is not why we send our kids to school no. to deal with their feelings. That's, that's for the home. That's for the family that you yes. mentioned earlier. I just want to underscore something. You said you're an atheist. Well, I always was, and I'm wavering. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> wavering. Well, um, but my, I want to point out that this, that your perspectives are not coming from some no. uh, Christian evangelical point of view. You, no. you're, you're wavering. You're thinking. You're considering. You started reading the Bible, which is really interesting to me because I, I've kind of started to dabble in it myself. I, I think there. I think that there is nothing wrong with being either atheist right. or, totally. or a believer. But I, what I do think is that, you know, 
happiness yes. is really key to people's lives, to yes. people's well-being and however you find it. I've yes. seen some of the poorest people on planet Earth being some of the happiest. And I've seen some of the richest people on planet Earth being the most miserable. Very so th there, there are other things that make people happy outside of the material yeah. world. And I think that's really important. But that's, but, but you're coming at this, this subject of transgenderism, not from some place of right-wing Christianity. That's yeah. not where you're coming yeah. at it from. And I think that yeah. that, that is really makes your, your view of this m maybe more accessible to a lot of people. Probably not, <laughs> to be honest. I, I think it would make me, just, it would just make me an apostate and worthy of burning even more because I dare to. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think you're worthy of burning. I think, <laughs> I think you're incredibly smart. What, one of the things that I have a problem with right now with all of this transgenderism and accepting the feelings and so forth, it, it's actually right now, it's not, it's gone beyond acceptance. It's gone oh, to glamorizing. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So, you know, Drew Barrymore on her talk show the other day had on a trans woman who is so over the top and was complaining about how tough it is to be a woman. <clears throat> I, and, and Drew Barrymore got on her knees and knelt and hugged this person. Okay. So this is, and this, this glorification of this, we see advertisers, um, high-end fashion designers using models who have clearly had double mastectomies, you know, in their, with the stitches showing in their ads. Yeah. So this has gone beyond just acceptance and yes. maybe opening yes. the discussion wider. Yep. I think it's been, it's being glorified. What do you think? It's not just being glorified. It's being mandated. It's being, um, made it's being codified so it's now not just uh culturally and socially unacceptable um to say what reality is you uh in some cases it's it's downright illegal um women in 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 the united kingdom um get knocks on the door from the police if they misgender someone or um say something mean to someone on twitter on the gender issue because it's considered a hate crime um, thankfully, where you guys are, obviously, you, you still have the right to free speech, you know, in your in, in the Constitution. We don't have that here. Um, uh, so and, and, you know, families are being torn apart by, you know, in, in case the social service is stepping in. I mean, there are some really nightmare scenarios playing out um, across the English speaking world as regards this issue. So it's not just acceptance. It's not just glorification. It is both of those things, but it's gone beyond that to a extreme extremist um, adapt, adaptation of this to the point where you are being forced by law and law enforcement to accept it. And uh, it, it, it's a very scary reality. I find it hard to really fully believe that things have gotten that crazy, but it seems that they have. I think the only way to really... I mean, fight back, I suppose is probably a little bit of a grandiose term, but the only way to even try and gain some ground back is just simply to say no, and I am going to state reality. So like Dylan Mulvaney is not a woman and never will be and never has been. Dylan Mulvaney is allowed as has a right to convince himself that he is one, but he isn't one. And more upsetting to me is that Drew Barrymore, who was such a figure of my childhood, who's the same age as me, yeah. is going around yeah. and 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 genuflecting 
uh, to to this religion. I mean, that's what it's become. It's, it's the, the the orthodoxy is so extreme; it is on par with the religion. But I never. I mean, I remember I lived in in New York in the 1980s, and I remember the the rise of the Christian right, and I remember all that. I remember Reagan's. Uh, presidency. Um, never, ever did this kind of insanity, this kind of level of orthodoxy um, really impinge upon people coming from the right as much as this is impinging now um, on people of all political stripes and all religions. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, we just have to stop going along with it. I, and, you know, we have to use our words <laughs> to, as we tell children, you know, use yeah, you know, the, the, the issue becomes that other side uses their words back and they immediately label you homophobe, yes. transphobe, um, you name it, racist, white supremacist, misogynist, whatever sexist they yes. want to throw at you. Yes. They throw it back. I think where we need to not only use our words, but to say to them, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I am. You can label me all you want. Right. You're not, I'm not backing down. Absolutely. I mean, those terms now, white supremacy, racism, racist, those are becoming so overly used that they're losing their meaning, which is yeah. tragic when you consider what real racism looks like, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I, Chris Rock put it beautifully when he said, you know, people that say words hurt haven't been punched in the nose. I mean, there's a there's a literal world in which we live. And then there's this 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 world of this madness of people just hurling labels at others to get yeah. them to shut up. And in too many cases it's worked and yeah. we need enough of us now. We need to save yeah. the numbers to stop letting it work. Yeah. 100%. And I, again, it's like, I mean, you just, people call you names. So what? Like, I feel like the, 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 this is going back to my idea of par parenting. I mean, obviously a lot of people get really canceled and they, their lives are destroyed. I'm, I'm not dismissing that reality, but when, when some, some person I don't know on Facebook or on Twitter tells me I'm a right wing, you know, Christian fascist, I'm like, yeah, I don't give a hoot what you think of me. I don't. So we're, you know, have at it, like work away, you know, right. like unload. It doesn't matter because I know it's not true. We're going back right. to this parenting idea that kind of really took root in the eighties, which is like, nobody can harm this little person. Oh my God. And everything has I to know. be, and, you know, no more bullying. And obviously no more bullying is a good idea, but then we've completely stripped people of the ability to defend themselves and to stand up. Yes. because I've never had to do it when they were six. So now we have yeah. all these 35 year olds running around now who can't cope. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe I'm just a total battle axe, but like, I just don't no. think that, um, that that was ever a healthy idea. And it really seems to define the discourse. And the problem is that all that kind of, that be nice and be kind. And I mean, it's been used, it's being used as a mask to hide the, the very opposite of that, to hide absolutely no mercy, no humanity, no generosity. Like the, the people who are pushing these ideologies, so, you know, the, the, either whether it's CRT, you know, white children are bad, are inherently bad, or, you know, you can choose your gender when you're two or whatever it is. Um, those are anti-human. They're anti-human. And they're the ones running around telling everyone else to be kind. I mean, it really is an obvious kind of like switcheroo. And, you know, I think more and more people can see it. I, I, I hope and pray, and I'm not super religious, but I hope and pray that you are right, that we are, that more and more people are seeing it. I, uh, look, I, I quit a really nice job 
to start a podcast in which I'm just scraping by here to elevate voices like yours, to elevate ideas like the ones you've articulated here, because it is so damn important. I feel like we're losing our sanity here. And I don't want to be around for us when we go really off the cliff. I want to, I want to save us from going off the cliff because we're really, really right on the edge right now as a society, as the Western world. And so this is why I want to elevate your Substack, Jenny Holland. So many incredibly well-written pieces, interesting, makes you think, and common sense. And I just love it. <laughs> and I hope you'll join us again because I'd love to have more discussions with you. That you are, you you are really you've got a great perspective and a really interesting um, point of view from where you sit, sitting Thank over there in you. Ireland. You're in Ireland, and yes, <laughs> you know, go have a pint. <laughs> and with your husband and, uh, and we will talk to you again. I, I truly hope so. This has been I great. I really appreciate you asking me on. I've been, I've had a lot of fun. Great. Great. We'll do it again. She is Jenny Holland. You can find her at Substack saving culture from itself is the title of her Substack, And it is tremendously worth looking at every time she writes. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Sideline Sanity. And as hopefully as Jenny and I have tried to impart to you here today, the things I always say, be brave and do good. Thanks for listening. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.